Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode two of our professional perspective series of What Cause Inspires You. I am your host, Alicia Gupta, and today I have with me Mita Prakash. What Cause Inspires You is a podcast founded for students ages 13 to 21 to be able to share the service they're doing in their communities. We recently launched our professional perspective series in order for experts in their field to give insight to our youth about how to make a stronger impact, what social justice is, and how to be a good social entrepreneur. Mita Prakash is a lawyer, spiritual empathy life coach, certified yoga teacher, activist, and model. Mita is the founder and CEO of Empower Empaths Now, whose mission is to empower emotionally traumatized empathic women to awaken to their inner power of loving themselves and leading their lives with courage. Through self-loving practices, courage-building action steps, and self-awareness tools, Mita's unique spiritual empathy coaching process blends Eastern healing modalities with Western-based positive self-worth communication tools. Through this coaching journey, Mita guides her clients to uplift their lives with a deep sense of self-empathy, courageous presence, and empowerment. This podcast series will be available on Spotify and YouTube under Humanity Rising Voices. Ms. Prakash, we are super thrilled to have you with us today. Are you ready to begin? I am, and thank you for the lovely introduction. Of course. All right, so can you tell us a little bit about your background and what inspired your mission to empower empaths? Yeah, so basically, um, the mission was inspired by my own path and my journey. Um, I myself have um, experienced and suffered from, you know, significant emotional trauma really in all walks of my life, personally, professionally, spiritually, socially, family. Um, and so, and have come, you know, on the other side and empowered myself. Um, and, you know, it's still a very active process, but really that is what's driven my passion because it's coming from my heart. And I feel a deep sense of inner freedom now that honestly I've never felt before at this stage in my life, even from last year to now. And I wanna give women hope so they know that transcending and empowering themselves and feeling and being liberated is really an actual possibility. Wow, that's amazing. And I think it's so real that you said that you face that in every aspect of your life because not a lot of people are able to open up about that. Um, but just for our audience sake, what is an empath and how is it often misconstrued? Um, so an empath um, to me is someone who can stand in the shoes of another and feel what they feel. And really it's a space of deep connection because if I empathize with you and say you're experiencing something, I'm deeply listening and it's I'm giving my total presence to you. So you and me are not separate. So in that moment, there is a heart connection of, you know, there's no division. There's just real, like an authentic um, sense of connection. And, and I think that that's very different from sympathy or feeling bad for somebody. It's, um, I think it's, yeah, I mean, I think it is, it can be misconstrued um and it's it can be misconstrued as a sign of weakness or any you know and it's, it's really not because that's where that's where our humanity lies ultimately 
Yeah, and I remember learning about toxic masculinity. Um, I actually volunteer with an organization called Maitri, and they talk a lot about toxic masculinity, how people, men and women alike, try to hide their emotions because, like you said, it was a sign of weakness. Um, I think it's great that you mentioned that the more vulnerable we make ourselves with those emotions, the more we're actually able to relate and help someone else. Yeah, so, um, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. what have you learned um, as a minority female empathic solo entrepreneur? Um, yeah, so what I've learned um, and, you know, my entrepreneurship journey is still very fresh and new. So I'm always learning just like everybody else. But what I will say is um, having a heart-based approach to my leadership um, has been really essential because like we just mentioned vulnerability, that's how you connect with people and people are going to connect with and feel you more than hear your words. And so I think having a heart based mission has been essential for me because we're going to go through ups and downs in life, right? No matter what cause of social oh, yeah. justice or activism we choose. But if you're connected to a heart centered mission, you're, you care about it and that's going to keep you aligned and inspired no matter what comes your way because inevitably we're going to have good or bad days so that's one thing for sure second i would say um having a sacred circle and what i mean by that is speaking to the youth you know if it's so courageous and amazing that you know you all are stepping up into leading you know important causes but with that um you're gonna face critics and you're going to face people who, you know, might minimize your mission. And it's going to be really important for you to create like a safe container of people who just support you no matter what, whether that's your friends or people in your professional network, people who have your back. Um, and that's going to help you eliminate the toxicity. And thirdly, I would say, particularly this is for minorities because you bring, bring up, you know, as a minority female, so entrepreneur, a daughter of immigrants, and being in a space of leading, um, I would say as a female, as a person of color and as a daughter of immigrants, I'm an ambassador of diversity. And so it's my responsibility to educate other people. And so that goes out to all of you youth too, like you're representing more than maybe what you realize. So no matter what professional or any context you're in, that's gonna be a part of what you bring. And I think stepping into consciously recognizing that. I mean, I've had to educate people on assumptions they've made about my ethnicity, my ability to speak English, you know, really fundamental things that comes from ignorance. And so I think that is going to be important too. And so that, that would be my answer to your question. Wow. I feel like we could talk about this for days because <laughs> I relate to you and look up to you in that aspect so much, especially that third point about being a representative for minorities. Um, even if we don't understand fully what every minority is going through, just allowing them to give a voice is so important. So I'm so glad that you touched upon that. Um, but kind of going back to that second point that you said about having a sacred circle, I remember we touched, um, we talked earlier and you had mentioned just how, especially during times of COVID-19, some people are extroverts, some people are introverts, and it's really understanding who you are and what suits you best. And then kind of as teenagers these days like to um, call it cutting out the toxic. Um, so in that regard, how has your own spiritual practice influenced your professional role as a CEO and founder? 
So yeah, um, my spiritual practice, and I want to preface this by saying, you know, spiritual practice is a very unique personal journey for, for each, you know, each one of us. So, but in my case, my spiritual practice has really empowered me to one, um, love myself more. And as I know, we hear that term a, a lot, but in a very deliberate and conscious way, and honestly, self-love can be a very painful, heartbreaking journey if you're not used to putting yourself first. So, so that has been really fundamental for me. And like you mentioned, toxicity, cutting out the toxic. I'm great. To, I'm, I'm happy to hear that the youth today are all about that because um, that's what setting boundaries has helped me do. Again, no matter whether it's coming from professionally, personal life, family, even spiritual, so-called spiritual context of so setting boundaries. And then really it's given me the courage to um, stand in my power and be aligned with my mission, regardless of what anyone else says, does, thinks. And um, even though that sounds like it's a simple statement, to but to really put that in practice is, um, you know, a constant work in progress. But I feel like those are um, some key, key lessons that I think my spiritual practice has has helped me um, achieve in my, you know, through this journey as a CEO and founder. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, um, just going back that whole cutting off the toxic, I think especially in these circumstances, it's because we can't go out and socialize, it's really knowing who are there to support you um, and reaching out to those people. And again, being vulnerable with them so you guys can actually connect on a deeper basis. And once that's already established, you're able to bring that experience to so many other people like you're doing yourself, which is great. Um, yeah, so definitely. <laughs> how would you say um, an empathic leadership support social justice and communities of color? Um, so for that, I would say um, ultimately, like we talked a little bit about empathy earlier, it's a heart-to-heart -heart connection. And I think a true leader unites people, brings people together and fosters peace, harmony, inclusion, um, and in order to build that, you need to cultivate that within yourself because ultimately when you're building your vision, you wanna be embodying that. So being an empathic leader would mean for me, well, then I need to be embodying empathy so that I can lead from that space because ultimately we want to be bringing people together and forming alliances and connection that are based on care, not competition, division, fear, um, and comparison, which are all toxic, right? So I think that's the true reflection of a real leader and that empathy is a key to building that unity. Yeah, and in that same sense, would you say that care can be translated to spirituality or what is the kind of resemblance or role of spirituality in leadership and community service? Yeah, so spirituality ultimately like, I mean, from my perspective, uh, I feel like spirituality is like the spirit with which we bring our energy and our presence and our vibration to a situation. So that's happening whether we're conscious or not. For example, like if somebody's coming with negativity and like that sort of energy, everybody can feel that and that's what they're bringing. But as a leader, I think a, a leader has a responsibility to be spiritually conscious and uplift and empower other people. So the onus is on the leader to 
again, like we talked about, build that loving environment that brings people together, that brings, you know, communities of color together, that shows that, you know, the leader is, is reflecting what their vision and energy is presenting, because that's going to be what ultimately people people feel and experience. And I just want to highlight, we see reflections of this in history. If we look to the examples of Gandhi, um, he had the spiritual vision and principle of ahimsa, nonviolence, in liberating India from British rule. If we look at Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., he, uh, you know, credits Gandhi with the nonviolence, you know, framework that he adopted for civil rights. And he was a pastor, so he preached, you know, the scriptures in his civil rights speeches. So, and then we also can see the His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, he brought the message of, of compassion for all, we're all each other's brothers and sisters. So all of the great spiritual leaders, they brought a sense of vision and they embodied that spirituality that reflected the success of their movement. And then one other point to that is, I think having a sense of spirituality as a leader cultivates personal growth. Because as a leader, I'm constantly self-reflecting and building self-awareness so that I can be a better leader and I can always learn and grow. So I have kind of, it, it brings a sense of humility to the leader too. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny that you mentioned actually Gandhi and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, in terms of spirituality and inner peace, because just the other day, I was on an interview with Pinash Desai. I don't know if you're familiar with him, um, but he's Great a world-renowned, <laughs> yeah, yeah, spiritual leader. And he said the exact same thing as you are saying. So he can definitely attest to finding your inner peace will allow your role of spirituality to come out through leadership um, and help communities all around the globe. So I think that's amazing. Um, what are three key takeaways from your overall experience as a leader, lawyer, life coach, and activists, um, all of the above, that will benefit today's youth? Um, I would say three key takeaways are one, um, be your own self-advocate because, um, you know, the leaders today from the youth community are going to be stepping up into, you know, very visible roles, which is awesome. You may be in situations where you're the only one who's advocating a point of view or a cause or your, for yourself. And it's important that you go into situations knowing that you may have to be just the lone wolf in a situation. And to know that ahead of time, I think prepares you for when you meet those situations. And that again, goes back to why you want to have that sacred circle, circle that lifeline to support you. Um, I would also say that it's important to, um, you know, really have a mentor or a coach. When we embark on, you know, things that are, that are not mainstream, that involve risk, you want to have, like, particularly a mentor or a coach, someone who believes in you more than you believe in yourself, particularly in the beginning, someone who can, who's invested in your success and who can really devote that, like, that level of attention and, and care for you. Um, in your journey, because again, you might not have that support around you, um, like in your day-to-day -day personal life. And the third thing that I would say um, is to have, and I mentioned this before, but I think it's important to have like a heart-based approach so that you are coming from a place of authenticity and that, that um, that's reflected in, in your leadership. And so I think those would be some 
like key takeaways um, for the youth. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. And to all of our youth out there, I think that support system is going to be really important. And I'm here to tell you personally, as a Humanity Rising ambassador, Humanity Rising allowed me, gave me that support to even do this podcast and reach so many more people. So for all of our youth out there and all of our youth leaders and activists out there, reach out to organizations like Humanity Rising, reach out to leaders like Nita Prakash, who are going to be that support system for you to grow your organization. Thank you so much, Mita. Um, a few more questions before we end for today. What would be like your overall message to aspiring social justice youth leaders and activists? Um, well, I think one thing to, to kind of drill into everyone internally, because I don't think we get this messaging um, frequently, is to know that ultimately, like you have the power to transform your life from the inside out, regardless of what you've been programmed to believe. So ultimately, the cultivation of your leadership is going to be an internal process. So that's why I would also recommend that, you know, you have your own self-care practice, what, whatever that is, so that you are building your, you know, your, like your love-based movement or your heart-based approach from the inside out. And that's more empowering than, you know, external voices telling you how to live or how to lead. Um, you know, you can get advice, but ultimately, you know, you need to have that powerful sense of self-trust driving your process. Um, I would also say, again, like leading with the heart and build the rest around that intention. Um, another message, clear message, I think is important is, you know, you're going to face struggles. So practice an, a, a, you know, an approach of gratitude, regardless for the good and the bad experiences, because it can always be reframed. And then you're going to be a voice of like educating others because, you know, you transcended something really, you know, really just difficult. And that's amazing. And that builds courage and strength. And the last thing I would say um, is, again, practice humility. I don't, I don't think we learned that in, in growing up. I know I, that's not something that's cultivated. Practicing humility means I am not coming from an ego-based based place, right? I can learn from you in someone much younger than me. I can learn from someone much older than me. I can learn from someone who's my age. It's, it's not based on my education. And so I think coming from a place of humility is really essential um, because that's going to allow you to grow and to, um, I think, bring a sense of wisdom to your movement. Um, and so, yeah, and, and that goes along with vulnerability and courage because that's where your power lies. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting that you bring up gratitude for not only the good and the bad, because I'm actually in the middle of a 21 day meditation. I just started it. Um, really wanted to see how I could put my better myself, um, really look inward. So the first day's task was to write down 50 experiences um, in my life. And that was, it was really generic 50 people events that have happened in my life. And I was only looking at the good. Um, Cause when I wanted to reread the list, I only wanted to think of the good. And after talking to one of my friends, I was stuck. And he ended up telling me that you need to value both the good and the bad. Cause they, that's what made you here today. That's all part of your story and will all help you grow. So I think it's really interesting that you bring up valuing both the positive and negative experiences to help a person grow, which is great. 
Um, yeah, I mean, that's also like what I myself am going through, you know, like in, and so the insights that I'm sharing are literally from walking the path, whether it was last week or last year. And that's why I do, I mean, as far as like a call to action, the call to action may sound really different than what you typically hear about, like go out and like share everything like with everybody and do this great big project of service. It's like, actually the revolution is an internal process. So create the revolution internally. And that's why that call to action would for the youth would be, what are you doing to build your self-awareness? Amazing. You're already doing it with 21 days of meditation. I mean, um, and what are you doing to cultivate empathy? Because basically that's going to be reflected in what you bring out to the, to the community. So, yeah. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Mitha. And to all of our audience members and to whoever's listening, create that revolution internally and don't forget to lead with your heart. Thank you so much, Mita. This was really insightful. And you can find more about Empaths Empower Now um, on her Instagram at QueenMPLight. Thank, thank you so much. And thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And, you know, good luck to everybody. Take care. Take care. That's all we have for today. But be sure to look out for more episodes on our Professional Perspective series on What Cause Inspires You. I'm your host, Alicia Gupta, and I hope you all continue changing the world.